At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I don't you, don't like, you don't like bills. Just- no, I don't. I do not. <laughs> And welcome to Planantia's podcast, Future Rich. I am your host, Barbara Ginty, and I am also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I am here today with my guest who has a very beautiful fake name, but I'm going to let her say it because my pronunciation is terrible. So welcome. Hi, I am Renicia. It sounds so much better when you say it. <laughs> well, Renicia, see, it doesn't sound as good. Thank oh, you. You, sound, you, sound, you say it very well. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, Will you tell myself and our listeners a little bit about yourself? So age, where you are, what you do, how much you make, all that jazz. Okay, sure. Um, I am in Illinois, Chicago, Illinois. I am 45 years old. I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to be 46 soon, but I'm We don't going round to up on the show. We only round up for budget numbers. We round down for age. Okay, perfect. I'm going to be 45 for the next 10 years. <laughs> I am a quality manager at a pharmaceutical company, and my salary is 156000 per year. Wonderful. And single, married, dependents? Um, separated. Okay. And uh, I have three dependents, a 22-year-old son, um, a 10-year-old son, and a nine-year-old daughter. Oh, wow. Okay. Nine-year-old daughter. Perfect. Perfecto. Okay. So we got the quality. So quality manager, do you just like ensure everything is good? Like make sure... Um, yeah, I am a quality manager for um, some oncology clinical trials um, oh, wow. for women's cancers and um, oncology early development, and pretty much making sure that the um, trials are ran per FDA regulations, ICHGC guidelines, and our protocols. And you know, if there's any non-compliance, try to you know bring them back into compliance prior to submitting to the FDA um, for approvals. Oh, wow. That's super interesting. So a little tangent, my family all has cancer. So I find the whole science field around cancer and trials and genetics super interesting. Yes. And same. And it's interesting because my dad's family, um, uh, his two sisters um, passed away with cancer. And my dad passed oh, away no. um, two years ago. Um, with cancer and then another uncle who had cancer but they caught it in time and so he's doing well so I have that fear like of every ache or pain my brother and myself have um I mean it's immediately we are self-diagnosing that yes you you go to doctor google and you're like oh dear Yes, I go to the doctor and I was like, could I have a body scan from head to toe? And he was like, it does not work that way. So, 
<laughs> you're like, but I'll sleep better if you do it. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, you know, it, it, it does not. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I feel you on that. I, with my family history, feel like any little thing I'm like, oh Lord, like what? Yes. Well, that's a super interesting field. Okay, awesome. I don't, you are my first quality manager doing that. Because I, I, I feel like one of the interesting parts about the podcast, besides all the financial stuff, is like you hear all these different career paths, which maybe you didn't know about. Yes, I know. I listen. I just started. I was reading a magazine and I, 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 I started listening to you and kind of going back. And you're definitely right. There's a, a wide array of um, professions that I'm like, huh. Maybe I should look into some of these. <laughs> you just don't know that they're out there. Exactly. Okay, wonderful. So you have great income. Um, so let's talk about, are you recently separated? Is that, was that maybe like, is that going to be a financial change? Um, no. So I separated back in, right at the beginning of the pandemic. So last year. Um, yeah, January, February, um, is when I separated. So it, no, it has not, um, in fact, I think it's improved my uh, financial outcome some. Oh, perfect. Okay, great. Because sometimes those sort of life changes can have a negative impact. So I'm glad that that hasn't happened. Okay, so let's talk about um, your budget and then savings, debt, and see what we got going on. Okay. So, you know, my my plan is, I was like, I want to retire in the next 10 years. Now, of course, I have young kids. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, maybe I won't be able to retire in the next 10 years. But well, maybe- but 10 years gets your youngest to 19. Which right. Is, right? So... Just like push them out of the nest. Yes, that's what I was figuring, and you know, dung. I was like, I'm gonna downgrade to like a studio, you know, apartment. And so they like come home from college, and you're like, so your room is gone. Exactly. Force them out by discomfort is what I was thinking. (laughs) Okay, so ten years might be viable. Um, Let's go over your numbers and see, but that's what your your ideal situation would be in 10 years. Yes. Okay. okay. So um, my emergency slash vacation savings. Okay. I should probably go over. So like my monthly expenses, and that's including um, my mortgage, is uh, $2,700 a month. Um, my mortgage is $1,157. So that's included in the $2,700. Your total expenses for the month are twenty seven hundred. Yes, fantastic. Okay, and you own your mortgage. How, what um, what's your rate, and how long? You've, what period of time? Sure. Uh, so, so that's one of the little bit of a, a, a issue there um, as well, because uh, my my rate is at three percent um, mm-hmm. at this time, but I have a seven year one. Um, what is it? Seven. A seven, a seven year one. Rate. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yes that I do have that's adjustable. So my remaining years, I've been here for 13 years and my remaining years on the loan is uh, 22. Okay. Um, and I have a principal balance of um, 223,000. And you have 22 years remaining. Yes. All right, yeah, we'll talk, we'll come back to this. And t- so 2,700 food, everything. You have a great budget. Yes. And, but outside of that, I don't count it, which I should. It's my, my property tax because that's not included in in my mortgage. It's separate. Okay. So you don't um, escrow it. So you just pay it when it comes. Yes. I pay it when it comes. And so I don't, I don't fact, I don't really factor it um, in because I pay it when it comes, when I get my income tax back. Oh, okay. So your property tax comes around April-ish? Yes. Okay. Yes. April and um, and September, March and September it comes. And so when I file my taxes, I file it early. I just put it there and I just pay pay the property tax. Um, Perfect. And what is your property tax on you? It's eight thousand a year. Okay. And so you pay in two payments, four thousand and then four thousand again. Yes, correct. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Um, so you just manage that with your tax refund. Yes, exactly. I don't take on anything monthly. I just tax refund. Um, Okay. Yes. That, oh, that's a, that's a different way to do it, but that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, okay, perfect. So that's not included in there. Um, and then, okay. So then where are we, do you have any other debt besides the mortgage? Um, well, I, my uh, home insurance is not, not an escrow either. 
Um, so that is uh, $1,139 per year. Okay. Uh, and I just pay, I pay that, you know, all at once. I don't do installments on that. Okay. Um, and my car insurance is $812 a year, and I pay that all in once. I don't do I don't, you don't do it like, over 12 months. You don't like bills. Just... No, I don't. I do not. <laughs> Hey, that's a good, I mean, that's good habits. Okay. So you just, you pay, when they ask you, when they say this is your premium, you're like, and I will pay you today. Yes, exactly. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Car insurance, home, property taxes, any other big expenses you have throughout the year that you just pay at the time? Uh, No, that's, that's it. Okay, perfect. And then what are you, so let's talk a little bit about, and wait, this is your only debt, just the mortgage? This is, yes. I don't have any school loans left. I paid off for my car um, due to the pandemic and not being able to take a vacation. I paid off for my car. So um, amazing. the mortgage is the only um, debt I have right now. Fantastic. Um, okay, so then what What are you bringing in um what are you bringing in from your pay about monthly? Um, so after um, everything's been taken out with respect to 401k and my benefits and stuff like that, my monthly take-home is 6335 I had a feeling because your budget's really low. This is, makes sense why you're doing all this. So after, let's even just round up and say your expenses were $3,000 a month. So you have um, 3000 left over monthly. Yes, so I do stuck away. So um, I put a thousand um a month. I save that in my. I have a what you call it? Uh, like a vacation emergency savings. I love how you put them all together. So we have, but you have like a. Re- let's go. Let's go over how you break it down. So you do a okay. thousand a month into that total account. Yes. Okay. And how much do you have in there? I have uh, 62000 in there. Fantastic. And so then do you just like take out of there when you want to take a vacation and just try and keep it at a certain level or? Yes, I try to keep it at a certain level. So this year it would not go, I won't have it go below 60000 but I intend to have it. I intend to end this year with uh, um, about seventy or more okay. thousand. But I, I, my vacations, um, about... 5000 to 10000 a year. I really like vacations. Um, that's what I work towards. So I always know if there's going to be out of that, it's going to be a 10000 probably, you know, close to. And a lot of times I don't get to that point. Um, but if I take two or three trips or I take the kids. So at the end of the year, I would like to see this go up to, it'll probably go up to about seventy. Um, thousand, um, because I'll be taking out of it for vacation. Uh, yeah, yes. no, that makes total sense. So you're pre, you are, you basically prepay your vacation. Yeah, um, going with the theme of you don't like bills, which I like too. <laughs> um, okay, perfect. And so then, when we're talking about your income coming in, that's after all the deductions would work. So, are you have a four hundred one k? Yes, I do. Perfect. Okay. And how much are you putting in there? And do you have an employer match? I have a 6% employer match and I'm doing an 18% contribution. You are going to be like my honor student here. Like, please <laughs> follow all of this for anyone <laughs> listening. These are fantastic. I have a feeling they're going to be really good, you know, based on the, I don't, I don't like bills. Okay. Fantastic. So you're putting in 18%. I love yeah. this. Okay. 18%. And then your employer is putting in 6%. Fantastic. And how much do you currently have in there? So I current so I um I have about three plans because due to job changes. Right. So okay. So currently with my one investment plan, it's it's broken down into um my 401k, um, which is a hundred and twelve thousand seven hundred and fifty-eight dollars. Okay. Um I have I had a rot IRA way back in the day, but now because I'm kind of making over, so and yeah. and I stopped contributing to it like a while ago. So the rot IRA, and this is all under one um account. Okay. I have two other accounts. So I'm um, under under one investment firm. Um, the rot is four thousand eight hundred and thirty seven dollars. Okay. And then my prior job 
um, rollover um, is 73325 Okay. So in that one investment bucket, that one investment firm, I'm with, I have $190,921 if you combine the 401k, the Roth IRA, and the traditional IRA. Got it. Okay. So that's all one company. Yep. Yes. Um, the next company, um, I have uh, two thousand two hundred and sixty one thousand seven hundred and sixty four dollars. Wait, say that one a little slower. Okay, sure, sure. So I, this next company, I have a traditional IRA because it was just rolled over from, from my that. previous job, four hundred one k, and that is two hundred and sixty one thousand and seven hundred and sixty four dollars. Fantastic, and that's the second company. Yes. And then the third company, which I was trying to roll over into the second, first or second company, but it's yeah. it's been such a headache with passwords and, and trying to get a hold and working oh, that out. Um, yeah. So that one is just kind of growing on its own, um, is $39,083. Perfect. Okay, great. Yeah, the paperwork for moving your own money is surprisingly very onerous. Yes. I was like, like, could you just not throw that? Can you just move it over? (laughs) Because you're like, it's my money. If I want to move it, shouldn't I just like sign one form and then be done with it? But they don't don't operate like that. No, it was like many calls and they sent me paperwork. And then it's like, well, you need to go and open this account. And then I couldn't get in. And then I was just like, well, And then they're like, and then do a handstand and send us a picture. And then, yeah crazy blood work so yeah i am just like i am i'm over it so it's i'll probably you know try to transfer it again so that i'm not having three accounts and maybe just working off of two but it's Perfect. doing well so i'm like yeah that's, i guess i'll leave it yeah well and it's good that you know about it and you're tracking it and you know what it's in because that's like usually a, an advantage of aggregating it is just you have less to take care of but if you're, as long as you're monitoring it when you have some free time and you want to do some paperwork you can yes yes um, fantastic. Okay. So you have almost $500,000 between all of those accounts. Yes. Wonderful. Okay. So am I missing anything or do I have everything? I think that is it. One of the questions I did have sure. with all of this is that, um, my, my job, so we have the 401k and a rock 401k and I only give to the 401k and I'm wondering, should I maybe split that or just continue with the 401k? So it's half a dozen one or the other because right Mm -hmm. now you're in a high income bracket. Okay. But you have really good cash flow and you have really low expenses. So you can, you know, we'll go through the plan, but you technically with just these numbers, you can afford to be in the Roth because not to say that you don't want a tax break, but I normally err on the side of the traditional aspect of it when people are having a hard time making all the numbers, right? Like hitting all the goals because it gives you that tax break. But you're you're doing everything just fine um, and have a lot of wiggle room in your budget. Um, so you could add money into the Roth as part of your con- your regular contribution and like dial down the traditional and add the Roth in because you're not eligible for the Roth outside of work. Right. Correct. So you could, and you just would have, you know, you're just going to take a tax hit on it. So that is more of a, which one would you prefer to have in retirement since you're thinking maybe you're 10 years out? The other thing I might mention though, is if you do retire, we could talk about this at 55 and you're in a lower income bracket then, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Then maybe you just convert the traditional monies at that time in your life like from 55 to 72 and convert a portion because you maybe will be, and it's like hard to know, right? Cause we're 10 years out, but 10 years out is not as terrible to plan as 30 years. Right. Right. So you can kind of sit down and say, and I would probably advise an accountant um, to run the numbers, but right now maybe you're in a 24% bracket and then in retirement you'd be in 15. So maybe not do, do the conversion at the 15% bracket, and save yourself that extra 10 now by being in the traditional. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yes. It's not like a definitive answer, but kind of gives you the positives and negatives of both. Okay. 
no, that sounds great. Yeah, because I was wondering, I'm like, oh, I listen to you talk. And then you always, you know, you, you're uh, a big advocate of the ROT um, for 1K or um, the ROT IRA. And I was like, oh, we have this option. I was like, am I not taking advantage of having a ROT for 1K where I can split? Yeah. And you could always do a little bit. Like if you really, we could, you could see where you fall, where you're falling tax wise and say, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to do the majority of it to traditional to leverage the fact that I'm saving I don't know, 22% federally, not including any state tax, but I still want the Roth for retirement. So I'm willing to bite the bullet and pay the taxes on that and do like 4,000 into the Roth each year. So that's like, you know, you could meet yourself in the middle there, still really maximize your tax savings, but still do a little bit into the Roth. Because so, okay. So the question about retirement, which is a great question. So here's the big obstacle with retiring early. And I think you're on a good track because we just run quick numbers and you're currently 45 and let's just say we don't include the emergency fund, which you're doing a really good job funding. So that's going to continue to grow if you keep doing what you're doing. If we're just looking at the retirement monies, that should, if it's earning 7.2% interest, should be at a million by the time you're 55. Okay. So that's a nice number. That's a nice, exactly. Yes. I just need to find a low income country to live in. (laughs) Well, okay. So wait, we we have other we have other pieces of this. Okay. So the other thing is maybe we try and get the. We'll see what I, I'm. I'm kind of thinking with your mortgage. I wonder if you should refi and get a 15 year. That brings you much closer to your retirement target, yes. like a fixed 15 year. I was thinking about that as well, Barbara. Like I'm like I because what I started doing was some of the extra money. Um, because by August or September, I actually reach my, um, I max out, Mm -hmm. um, because I don't do the spillover. Um, so I max out on my 401k. Yes. You get the money back in September. Yeah. Because the number you gave me is like more than you're allowed to contribute. (laughs) So I stuck that away for home repairs, right? So that I'm not dipping into, even though I have the emergency fund, I stuck that for sometimes like, you know, I had more than I had to, you know, a couple of thousand there. So at the end of year, those three months, I know I should be using that to kind of maybe bill or, or do additional saving. I use that as my, uh, um, what needs to be done. And I'm wondering, I'm like, well, do I take this amount and put it towards principal or? I- yeah, I think the target should be, because the nice thing is when you own a property and we've gotten rid of the mortgage, mm-hmm. you have a very low cost of living. So I like the idea of having the mortgage, not totally paid off, but if you're five years out, right? right? If you do a 15 year, you're five years out from being done with it. Yes. Um, the other thing that I just was thinking when you said this is if your workplace plan allows, cause you said the word spillover, if they allow what's called a non-deductible contribution. And so for everybody whose ears just were burning when I said those words, it, that means you can put an after-tax dollar into your 401k at work. If they allow that and then allow that to be immediately converted into a Roth, you could still maximize the full tax benefit of doing all pre-tax into your 401k and still put money in your Roth. Mm. It's a complex, a complex strategy. Usually when you call your provider for your 401k, you will need to be transferred to a specific team. Okay. Uh, Not going to be the general 1-800 folks who answer these questions. (laughs) For obvious reasons. Um, so what it what you want to ask for is can you do a non-deductible contribution? Okay. And you can do a non-deductible contribution. Can you do an in-plan Roth conversion? Okay. So non-deductible you, contribution. Correct. Okay. Correct. And then an in-plan Roth conversion. Okay. In. Because then what we could do if you're having this leftover money at the end of the year, let's just say the leftover money is four thousand dollars. We can maximize your traditional 401k. You do the full IRS limit. You get your full match, which is always going to be pre-tax. And then we dump another 4000 on top of that if it's allowed. And then that's immediately converted into a Roth. Ooh. Because we're doing it within the realms of the 401k. So therefore, the total dollars allowed in a 401k is actually much higher than they tell you. 
but it's the composition of the monies in the 401k that have those limitations. So as an employee, your limitation for pre-tax or Roth is the 19,500 plus the over 50 catch up, which you're not quite there yet, but that will be beneficial to you when you get to 50, if you know, if you decide to move up in age. Um, <laughs> and then there is the employer match that you're getting, but the total allowable dollars, I'd have to double check for 2021, but I think for 2020, it was 56,000. And so after that, you can do, if the plan allows these non-deductible contributions, and then typically if the plan allows the non-deductible contribution, you're usually having an opportunity for an in-plan conversion, which is why they structured it that way. Okay. And I would have, okay. And call like my job, like I can't, I have to call the provider directly. Yeah. The provider directly. And hopefully it's a big name. Um, If it is, they administer the 401ks and the plan document and they can review it and tell you HR sometimes will be a little bit confused and they'll say, Oh, read the document we gave you. And you know, sometimes HR knows about it. Sometimes they don't. I usually start with the plan administrator because they're the ones that are going to be executing it, right? So right. you have to sign up through HR to have a non-deductible contribution taken out. But then the in-plan conversion, like they could tell you what paperwork is needed. And they might and they might tell you to go back to HR. They might say you have to do it all through HR. I usually start, especially if it's a name brand company, I normally start there to investigate. Okay. No, that sounds great. Yeah, because I was just like, oh, I have at the end of the year, I'm like, oh, this is nice. And, you know, I try not to waste it. So I was like, okay, I'll put this is I just sometimes I'll just put it in an account. Um, I, you know, I have several accounts within my savings where it's emergency, I have uh, kids savings, and then I have home repairs, and then utilities and, and you know, yeah, stuff like important. that. Yes. Yeah. Then this would get you the biggest bang for your buck because it would get you that full tax break that you, you know, is helpful when you're a high income earner like yourself, okay. especially when you switch to file taxes as single. Okay. Yes. Um, and then it would still allow you to get some monies in the Roth with using the 401k as that vehicle. But then I would, I would look, if I were you, you could do two things. You could look at a prepayment calculator and see how quickly you could get the mortgage paid off with principal payments, okay. or you could convert to a fixed 15 year. And then that lines up more with your retirement plan. Right. Yeah. And I think I prefer to do the 15 because I am not always great. Like I, every, you know, I would try to be like, Oh, I'll put in an extra 600 here for just the principal three. I feel like I would be like, it's, if it's 15 years, it's a new payment. Yeah, then it's like a set payment. You're just going to yes. pay it every month. We know when it's going to end. We don't have to worry about it being adjustable. Rates are at historic lows. You can lock one in. Yes, correct. You have good income. You're W-2. You should be, I'd imagine you have great credit. So you should be no, no issue to refinance that. Yes. Okay, yeah. I'm going to do, and now with the rates and stuff being... You know what? Oh, so, wow. is it easy to tr- to go from a seven one arm to fifteen? Like, there's no. I'm I'm thinking that you because the reason I said fifteen is because it lines up more with your mm-hmm. target retirement date. But you mm-hmm. could also have them quote you a twenty year. I don't know that I would go out thirty, okay. um, but see what they come up with with the payments. Okay. No, I think I can do 15. I do tend to, you know, because sometimes I do have, uh, when I do have my surplus, I'm looking and I'm like, oh, what should I buy? Which things I really don't need. So, but you know, you could also do, you could also do a 20 year to give yourself more breathing room. Then you could always make a principal payment if you have it. I'm all about having extra breathing room, especially with the rates being so low. Right. right. You know, with rate, if you, if you got like a two and a half or a 3%, um, I think you'd probably even be a bit closer. It depends, you know, it varies on area, credit score, blah, blah, blah. But okay. if you stay in this arena of like two and a half to 3%, if you do a 20 year versus a 15, it's not going to be dramatically different, especially if you make a few principal payments. So okay. the 20 year gives you more peace of mind than just do the 20 year. Perfect. Because when you do the 15, you have to make the payment. When you do the 20, you don't have to make the principal payment. That's the difference. Right, right. So I can get the quote in the, yeah, in the two and then kind of go from there. Okay. I would go from there, yeah. But I think that that then aligns more with your future goal of you're going to have a great you know savings, especially if you continue with the emergency fund, if you're putting $1,000 in there. And we might spend a little bit of your budget, to depending on what happens with that 
option at the 401k with non-deductible. Okay. I have my, I'm pretty optimistic because you're a high income earner and you said, you mentioned the word spillover. Did you hear that at work? Yeah, I was looking. So yeah. um, when I was printing out stuff today, to, just to be, um, to be able to have the call, I saw it had like a, a word in there said spillover election. Yeah. So yeah, I wonder it. And if it's with a big firm, they, there's a few big firms that that do this that are like very common for certain companies. Mm -hmm. And if it's a big company with a big company administrating the 401k, it's more likely they have the option and they just don't always advertise it. Or if they do, people don't really, you know, no one really talks about this. So you don't know what it is. Um, So I think that would be a great opportunity for you. And then in terms of the, so the biggest struggle with early retirement is going to be health insurance. Yeah. Yeah, because we have to cover you for health insurance from fifty-five to sixty-five. Because at sixty-five, you're eligible for Medicare. Mm-hmm. So what I think is going to be really the linchpin in it is for you to continue. You know, I think getting the mortgage so that like it aligns a little bit more with your target retirement date would, is going to be great for you. And then mm-hmm. continuing saving, right? Because I just ran the numbers as if you didn't add anything. Okay. So with your contribution rate, we can run it really quick. I think continuing to store cash and having like a not like an outside of the 401k, you know, once you have enough in cash, you could always, because you have 10 years, you could always invest the difference. Maybe once you get over a hundred thousand, I think it's super important to go into retirement with cash. It gives you a lot of optionality. So let's just say in 10 years in the future, you then have a hundred thousand in cash and you've, cause you're saving 12,000 a year. So that's another 120,000. It's crazy. So you're doing 12,000 a year, right? And we have another 10 years to go. So it's another 120,000. So let's just say you have 100,000 in cash. You put, you end up with 100,000 in a regular investment account outside of retirement. And then let's just see what your predicted 401ks money will be. I'm just going to take two seconds to run that. Then, you know, when you get there, you could say, okay, you know what? I'm going to throw a chunk of money at this mortgage, right? Because I've decided I'm going to go live somewhere else and I don't want to have to be worried about making a mortgage payment. And I'm actually going to rent out that property and that's going to pay for my property, you know, my living expense wherever I am. But it could also help like another avenue. It could also help supplement health insurance for 10 years, right? There's money to cover that health insurance that you'll need for 10 years because you've already saved for it. You know, I love future planning. Um, So let's just see. Retirement target is only 55. I know. Okay. So we haven't mentioned the kids at all. Like I have no budget for that. No. They're not. They're not. They're on their own. <laughs> I I came to like I came to America when I was eighteen um, from Trinidad, and you know, and of course my mom came and stuff like that, um, you know, with me. But I went to school on like on loans. Now I know some people, you know, we suck away. Like I, I put money away for the kids, but I am just like you would need to take care. Of your college education, fair, you know, totally fair. You I am, you know, I am very staunch of you. If you if you wanna, you can do it. It's it's tough. Nobody likes coming out with loans. It took me ten years to do mine, but I dig my heels in and I got it paid. And so, I am like, I am not saving for their college. I will save for their expenses for living and you know and and stuff like that's what I'm doing now. Um, but no, the money I'm saving is to give them to the two young ones to be like, hey, you guys can put down to buy a condo or something for yourselves. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah and everyone does it differently. And they, I just did another podcast earlier today. And everyone's path is different and everyone's priorities are different. And some people, that's something they want to do. And for other people, it's not something that they want to do. And there's no right or wrong with personal finance. It's That's why it's personal. It's all personal <laughs> decisions. So... We are going to put down that you contribute a percentage of your, well, I can't do a percentage of your salary because, because mm-hmm. you're doing 18%, but you're maxing it out at the 19,500 currently. Yes, correct. Okay. Um, and your employer match is 6% of your salary or? Hmm. Not that I do not know. <laughs> It might be, it might just be, let's come up with an, you can check on it, but let's come up with a number because it might be, 
because 6% of your salary would be a very, it would be amazing, but 6% of your salary, if they were contributing 6% of your salary, would be $9,360. So like, so like right now it's like, I'm looking under my contributions, right? And so employer matches up to 6%. And so like for this year, year to date, um, my contributions has been 12988 and then it has employer contributions, 3886 Year to date, 3000 Yes, year to date. Correct. Say that one number one time, 3886 So we are almost halfway through the year, but you're almost maxed out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let me, so you did 12,000, they've done, let's do. And I think the reason why I reach it so quickly is because we get, um, bonuses yearly and I ask for the four one, I ask for a 10% to be taken out of the bonus to be contributed to my four one k Okay. Yes. Um, that, and that's fantastic. So let's see. Um, and then you also get the, you get money back once you max out your social security. Um, do, do, do. Okay. So this is going to be a little bit rough just because you can put more in once you hit the age of 50. Okay. And we're just assuming you're going to make the same amount of money from now for the next 10 years. And I just rounded you up. You have 500,000 in retirement. You, I just have to add in your employer match, which is... I'm just going to say it's 6%. I'm going to put it as 4% of salary. Cause I, okay. And then, because that's a, a percentage off your salary, and then we can figure, confirm numbers, and always do a follow-up. Just I'd rather underestimate it than overestimate it, because it's always better if it's a higher number. Right. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting it at 5%, um, just so we can verify if it's a percentage. Because companies all do it differently, and they make it, obviously, they make it confusing. So let's see where you are. If we look at if you average percent, you should be somewhere around yeah one almost one point four million. At fifty five. Yeah, fifty five. <laughs> <laughs> Give or take, right? One point three. Give or take, yes. Give yeah, or take. <laughs> but so here's the key: you're making really good really good money. And if you just even don't even use return data on that, but you are putting in 19,500, we'll just say your employer is putting in about 6,000 for you. That's $25,000, 500 a year, just into your 401k and you times that by 10 years, that's $255,000. So these numbers very well could be much better right? depending on return data. Just okay. depending on when you get over 55, you can do that extra catch up. But yeah, you're in a great spot. And so just to give you like, let's say you end up at 55 and you have $1.4 million in retirement. I think the key really is saving up that other the other monies, right? Because then that, let's say you have 120, we said 200,000, right? Because you're going to save another 120,000 if you do that $1,000 a month. Yes. So that's another $100,000 that's, let's just say- once you hit that $100,000 mark, then that $1,000 now starts to go into an investment account with your name on it. Okay. So then that ends up being, well, just like rough numbers around 200,000. So this gets you over the 1.5 mark. And so let's just say in this scenario, it's all taxable, except for the investment account that will be capital gains. That's to be seen what that's going to be taxed at. But you can, I think, comfortably pull, they like to say 4%. Everybody says that rule is dead, but I disagree. Um, so that would be pulling um, a 60 per, I would say at 4%, that would be pulling 60,000 a year gross, which is different than net. Right. But the great news is your budget is so low. So that would net you 5,000 or that would bring in $5,000 a month. So we'll just say you get to keep 80% of it. That's $4,000 a month. Your expenses are currently 2,700. The other thing that we haven't talked about is, we now have the mortgage where it's going to be paid off much sooner. Okay. And so if your income continues just to stay exactly the same, this is where you where you are. Mm -hmm. If you get any other bonuses or anything else, we can improve these numbers. And mm -hmm. then the thing that I like about this is we haven't talked about Social Security. Yeah. And I haven't, I don't even know how to check on Social Security. 
Well, the good news is you're going to have, if your income has been, has your income been kind of similar to this? Um, so it's been, so like maybe it's been about in the past, I'm thinking, so for the longest time I've been making about like 110. So yes, yeah, so I would say like in the last three years, I have had this, Um, I got a a promotion okay. and then a, a bump. So yes. It's... So let's just assume, so you could say probably comfortably for the last five years, you were making like 110. Yes. Okay. So let's say you stay in this arena of 110 to 150 for that will make it 15 years, right? For the 10 year mark, mm-hmm. you should have very good social security. And granted, Social Security, because you're young, probably won't be till 67, but it makes it much easier to retire early because we know if we pull money from your investments at 55, and let's say we even take 5% off the investments, then at 66, this other train pulls up that's going to pay you, let's just like rough numbers, another 2,500 a month or maybe 3,000 a month. So that makes it way easier to retire early because we know we can count on that other train coming in of other income for you. Right. So at 60, so you're saying if I'm going to take for social take out for social security, wait until 65. Well, 65 used to be the age, but now your full retirement age where you get the most amount of money, not mm-hmm. the max amount of money, but your a hundred percent of your benefit is not until whatever the IR, social security determines is your full retirement age. Given your current age, I think your age for full retirement to get 100% of your benefit back would be mm-hmm. around 67. Okay. So, and that and that takes a lot more planning. Um, and so we would need to get your statements, see what they are. You're going to continue to pay in and max out your social security benefit while you're making this type of income. But the great thing is that's another component of your retirement plan. So you've done, for all of our listeners, you have done everything right. You have no debt. You have a mortgage that's a very reasonable amount of money for your monthly income. You are saving like crazy, which is amazing. And so when you get to your target retirement, you have all of these different vehicles at your disposal. You're going to have a lot of cash on hand. You're going to have a low interest rate mortgage that's almost paid. You're going to have maximized all of your retirement vehicles through work. And you'll also have an investment account as well. So you will have like ticked all the boxes and because you're in the system as a W-2 worker and having great income, you're also going to have great social security. So then from there, it just becomes a strategy. Like where, when do you pull social security and what money do we live off when you first retire? And I think really the key, because some people will say, well, a million or a million and a half isn't enough. It is depending on your budget. (laughs) I keep a very low, I like to live within my means because I don't, like paying bills. Yeah. I think it's the theme of this. Like you've done such a good job. You like, you keep it very manageable. Yes. It was funny because back in the day, if a bill was late, I would call the company. Like, I don't, you, I don't see my bill as yet. And you know, my brother would be like, who calls a company to remind them to send a bill? (laughs) (laughs) These are great habits and this is going to allow you to retire, I, I don't see, I don't, if you continue on this path and the next 10 years will definitely help you get there, but I don't see any issue why you can't retire at 55. And then once we know what your social security number is, we can kind of firm up what you would pull from the account. So maybe you pull 6% because then social security comes in and supplements your income for 50%, right? You have 3000 from social security and you only need to pull then, you know, 3000 from investments instead of five, but you pull additional until that age until that age. no that's good and my job offers a pension but i don't even like i i'm not vetted as yet so i have okay. two more years to be vetted so i never even looked into it to see like what the um and since pensions are not guaranteed these days that you know i, I just don't pay attention to it until i'm vetted and then i guess i'll look yeah, into and it then- And now you have all these things because I was thinking like the investment account would cover your health insurance, you know, for that 10 year period that, you know, if you invested that once you get to a hundred thousand in cash, that next round of money, that thousand dollars goes into an account to bulk up so that we could cover health insurance for 10 years. Um, And then, then from there that's depleted, then you get on Medicare, then we have social security hit, you know, you have all these different vehicles, but yeah, if you have a pension that would make it even easier. 
Yeah. Because that could maybe cover the health, some of the health insurance costs. Yeah. But that's the main crux. Yeah. I need to look at, yeah. I keep saying, well, I was like, well, I'm not vetted yet. So I'm like, well, you know, I haven't looked into, and then they send the paperwork to you then. So I've not done any type of um, research, but I do know of many colleagues that I've worked with who's worked at the company a longer time than me because I worked with them as a contract and then I was hired on. Um, So I lost some of those years. Well, it sounds like you're in a good, a good spot now. And yeah, this is you're doing a great job. It's fun to talk to people who are on track for retirement because sometimes they have to have conversations and be like, well, this isn't viable. And I really think one of the big keys for you is like your huge savings ratio. You're putting so much away and your costs are so low. Because if you had said, I need, you know, $6,000 a month to live on, it would be harder, right? You would have to save more. So it's all about priorities. If your priority is to keep a low budget and live on that and retire early, that's very viable. Yes. Yeah. No, the only thing I really, I look forward to vacation. So I know that um, this is what I want to put and I would splurge on vacation, but then everything else, um, I'm very low key. So yeah, but you, you, but you plan and you pay for the vacations in advance. Like you set aside all that money. Yes. And I, I started, um, my uncle, when I first came here, he is a avid saver. And so, so when I started working just with even various jobs, he didn't, he said, I don't care how much you make, start putting in into a 401k or Roth IRA. And then I started buying books in my twenties with um, Susie Orman books in my twenties. And so I just, you know, I, I started some habits then of course I've had credit card debt and stuff like that, which was not fun. And so once I had those paid off, I try not to, I, I don't have a credit card balance. Like I put stuff to maintain credit, but I pay it off, you know, immediately. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, this is, I, I feel like this is such a great podcast because it shows how the hard work pays off, right? Cause you put yourself through school, you paid it off. You've had periods where you've had debt and you've just really come out ahead on all of this. Cause a lot of people dream of retiring at 55 mm-hmm. and it's within your reach. Yeah, because I'm lazy, Barbara. I'm like, I don't want to work that long. I'm like, definitely not lazy. <laughs> I am like, I do not want to. I was like, if I could retire, I was in my mind. I was like, if I live off the grid, I could probably stop working now. <laughs> you are. It is within your reach. It is so close. So ten years, I know, sounds like a terribly long time, but yes. it's you know, you could be retired for like. Geez, like we do projections for out to 90, but I feel like that's even like a little light because some women live like beyond that. So but you see, that's what I, 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 in my mind, I'm like, oh, I don't want to work until like 70. And then I, you know, have aches and pains. I can't do things like I would like to retire young. So, you know, so if I die at 65, at least I have 10 years where I didn't work. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's very viable. And then it'll be even, you can even make the plan more concrete when you have a better idea of the social security and pension as well. Okay. Okay. And yeah. so do I just go to the social security website to look at those? How do I even? So you go to ssa.gov and um, I actually, if you want to watch and for any of our listeners, I have a free class on social security on our website. Oh, Okay. Yep. So you can find our free class at www.futurerichpodcast.com. And I have a whole class on social security because it is usually a really key component with retirement planning. And if you go to ssa.gov, you can create an account there and then log in um, because they don't like to send paper statements anymore. And you can log in and see your account with social security and see all the years that you've contributed. And then they will give you a projection for what you'll receive in retirement. Okay. Oh, yeah, that sounds no. That is, I mean, I am happy now that I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. It is so. there. <laughs> it is real, and it is strong. We just have to get you there. But you've done all the hard work, so just yeah. a little bit longer. Because yeah. I was actually even thinking, I'm like, oh, if I have to do this, then I'm gonna re- just reduce my hours, or you know, at work, because um, it tends to be very stressful. And so I yeah. just started thinking. Um, you know, this year, like, could I retire? Could I retire at 55? And um, I'm just, I'm really happy that it's, if I, if I continue slow and, and you know, and, and steady and just keep on track, 
um, it will be there. And so I am very happy. Now I can, I'm going to take an extra glass of wine tonight. I was like, you should go have a glass of champagne because you're doing everything right. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Oh my God. And I am, I am going to um, sign up for your free class because I don't know anything about social security at all. Um, So I'm going to definitely do that to kind of understand it a little bit better. And I am going to follow up with um, my plan administrator about that non-deductible contribution. And I'm going to call my bank to start looking into the 15 years or 20 years refinance option. So I'm excited. I have some homework to do. Wonderful. Well, thank you for coming on. This was a great episode. Oh, thank you. I am. I mean, I love, love your podcast. I wish I found it sooner, but it's fate. So yeah, it worked out. It worked out perfect. It worked out. I am so glad that you love it. And to all of our lovely listeners out there, thank you for listening. And you can check out our free classes. We have more than the social security. We have three classes out and you can find them at www.futurerichpodcast.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.